in the next few minutes i just want to share with us on how to keep what we have received how to keep what we have received hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 i'm going to be reading from different translations of the bible in order to drive on you know this particular scripture i'm going to be opening two scriptures right hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 and second timothy chapter 1 13 to 14 in hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 the bible says therefore we ought to give the more nse to the things that we have received or the things that we have heard lest at any time we should let them sleep right it simply means that anything you hear, if you don't give it to it, if you don't do certain things about those things, those things will slip out of your hands or they will slip out of your life. And that's why I've said a couple of times, right, that spiritual things are slippery in nature. So the Bible is saying here that there are things that you and I, we must do. That's why it says we must give the NSE, the more NSE to the things that we have heard lest at any time we should let them sleep it simply means it is possible for us to hold fast to what we have received it is possible for us to keep what we have received right and then the um cev that's the contemporary english version it says we must give our full attention to what we were told so that we won't drift away it simply means it's possible to have an experience and you drift away from that experience right the good news bible says that is why we must hold on the more firmly to the truths we have heard so that we will not be carried away the international standard version says for this reason we must pay close attention to the things we have heard or we may drift away and the passion translation says this is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the things that we have heard so that we do not drift of course so it simply means that what the breakthrough festival has done is to place us on a certain path right to place us to give us a certain course as it were and if we don't give the ns aid or pay attention to what we have received it is possible for us to drift of what god right intended for us but i pray for you that in this year 2023 you will not drift of course in jesus name everything you have received it will not slip out of your life it will not slip out of your hands in the name of Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13 to 14. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13 to 14. 2 Timothy 1, 13 to 14. The Bible says, Hold fast the form of sound words which you have heard of me. Now this is Timothy writing, sorry, Paul writing to his son Timothy. He said, the things you have heard of me, hold fast to those things. He said, in faith, and love which is in Christ Jesus. He said, that good thing which was committed unto you, keep by the Holy Ghost that dwells in you. And the ERV says, is it to read version? It says, this teaching is a treasure that you have been trusted with. He said, protect it with the help of the Holy Ghost who lives inside us. The contemporary English version says, you have been entrusted with a wonderful treasure. He said, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. But you see, I love the way what the easy to read version says. It said, this teaching is a treasure, right, that you have been trusted with. So the last five days, or better still, the five days of the Breakthrough Festival, right, there were certain things that God has committed into our hands. There are certain things he has entrusted us with. And you see, we need to ensure that we keep these things. 
We need to ensure that these things don't slip out of our lives in the place of carelessness, in the place of lethargy, or in the place of ignorance. Oftentimes, when people um, attend great meetings, there is usually a burst of energy in the few days, the few hours after that meeting. And that's why sometimes you see testimonies happening. But let me tell you this. It is possible for you that after six months, after eight months, that you are still getting testimonies from Breakthrough Festival. It is very possible. But what usually happens is that most times, after a couple of weeks, most people lose grip on the things that they have received. And that's why I said that I love the way the easy to read version puts it. When it says that the teaching is a treasure or this teaching is a treasure that you have been entrusted with. Because where it starts from is you must realize you have received something. You must realize. If you don't come to that realization, you say it is very easy to steal something from someone when they don't even know they possess that thing in the first place. Do you know for instance, you know, um, I don't want to give too much details, but someone, you know, in a very influential position was telling First Lady, uh, was telling First Lady a couple of days ago. You know, first lady was telling me that there's someone, right, in this country, very known person, if I mention the person's name, everybody knows, that when the person wants to do something, there is something the person does. You know, they just remove a particular amount from all the account holders in a particular institution. So, the question is, if you have five million naira in your account and five naira is missing, will you know? Most likely you may not. If they remove one naira from your account, will you know? But one naira in 10 million places is that much. So if you don't know that you had the money, if we steal it from you, you will not realize it. And oftentimes that is what happens to us as believers. When we have received things, we have not even come to that realization we have received something. So when it is stolen, we don't even know anything has been stolen. And so what happens when you come for a meeting like Breakthrough Festival, you see, is that all through those days, God was giving you certain things. It was making deposits into your spirit. And it is very important that you come to the realization that something has been deposited on, in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? So that is where it starts from. You see, one of the problems of the one talent man, I think I spoke about him during the Breakthrough Festival, all right? The man, the Bible tells us in Matthew 25, that a particular guy was giving you know, five talents, another person two talents, another person one talent. You see, if you are reading it from that, you know, um, King James Version with that scriptural, you know, um, goggles, you can say, oh, you know, one talent. One talent, you see, is a talent is actually a finance, is actually a currency of their time. It's a currency. Like I've told us, it's not skill, it's not the ability to dance or the ability to sing. It's the currency of their day. And one talent, simply, you know, in today's equivalent, um, some people, you know, in their estimation, they said is at, it's not more than $30,000, but they said it's between $1,000 and $30,000. Even if it is $1,000, if somebody gives you $1,000 today with the exchange rate, should you get to that point where you feel as if you've not received anything? You see, but the problem of that guy was that he placed no value on what he had received. And so, if you don't place a value on what you have received for five days, it is, you are going to lose it and you will not even know you have lost anything. You are going to lose it. Like a story I told during Breakthrough Festival about the preacher that was giving a book. He had been trusting God for a particular amount of money, you see, for so long. And someone that respected him so much and knew his love for books gave him a book with a check inside. And the person saw him eight months after. And said, Pastor, you know, I, I, I noticed that you did not, you know, are you angry with me? You know, <laughs> why didn't you catch the check? He said, which check? 
He said, I put a check inside the book I gave you. The pastor rushed home to check the book. It was the exact amount he was trusting God for. Unfortunately, the person that wrote the check no longer had the financial capacity, right, to give him that money as at that time. And the check was even expired anyway. So he could not write another check. So if you don't know you have received something, the devil can steal it from you and you will not even know you have lost anything. But I pray for you that all through this year, you will not lose what God has given you. In the name of Jesus. You see, when the Israelites were given food, it's so amazing that the food they had, you know, the Bible says that they were in the wilderness. And while they were in the wilderness, the Bible says that none of them fell sick. The Bible says none was feeble. It's not that they did not just fall sick. It says they did not even experience weakness. The Bible says none was feeble amongst them. You know why? It was because of the food they were eating. Because let me tell you this, a greater part of your health is determined by your diet. That's why it is better to live in health than to trust God for healing. I hear what I'm saying? Because the food, the Bible tells us that the food that they ate, which they called manna, because when we want to talk about the food that they ate, we call it manna. But it was not God that said that food was manna. Manna is actually a derogatory term. What it simply means is, what is this? Because when the Bible describes the food they were given, the Bible calls it the food of angels. So it simply means it was, I, don't, I never knew that angels had food in heaven. But the Bible says that they were giving angels food. And that's why they had the strength of angels. That's why none of them was weak for so many years. Because when you are not eating the, you are not eating the food of humans, you are now eating the food of superhumans. You can only have superhuman strength. Some of us are looking at me like, what's this pastor saying? Maybe we should look at it. I think it's Psalm 78. Psalms chapter 78. Let's go to verse 5 there about. Just want to share this with us very quickly. Um... Go to 25. Or go to verse 22. Go to verse 22. Let's start from verse 22, I think. It okay, all right. So because they believed not, just keep going, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation, though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, verse 24, and had rained down manna upon them to eat and given them of the what? Of the what? Corn of heaven. Man did eat what? Angel's food is send them meat to the fool. But when they saw it, they said, What is this, manna? What is this? But they did not know that the food they were eating was the food that had the capacity to sustain them for. You see, I strongly believe it was not only the Israelite that had angel's food. I believe Elijah also ate it. You know why? The Bible says that when Elijah was in the cave and God said, What are you doing in this place? He said, oh, I've been zealous, blah, blah. Eventually, God got tired of him and said, okay, eat. One of your problems is hunger. Eat. That's why you don't have proper perspective. The Bible says after he ate, the angel came to him and said, eat again. And the Bible says he went in the strength of that food for 40 days. That's not normal food. That's not normal food. But you see, when you don't know the value of what you have, you will lose it. And you will not even, you see, that's the worst thing that can ever happen to you. For you to lose something and not even know you have lost something valuable. Because you will never look for it. And one of the things we need to realize is that God's word is the principal vehicle for blessing you and giving you anything he wants to give to you. That's the principal vehicle. If God wants to do something in your life, the principal thing he will do is that he will send you a word. You see, the word is like the title deed that promises you that thing. So my encouragement to you is that don't hold what you have received during the breakthrough festival. Don't hold this in a defective form. Or better still, don't despise it. 
How do you despise it? Number one is thinking that what you have been given is not what you need. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you might, some might feel that, you know, our pastor did not really address me. See, if you listen to all the messages, you will know that there is no day that did not address you. Even if it was a statement. Because let me tell you this, the way the house of God works is this. Except you don't believe that your pastor has a relationship with God and he hears God. Except you don't believe that he's called of God. But if you believe that your pastor, right, is called of God and God has positioned you in a spiritual family. The way he works is this. I've told us a couple of times, the work of pastoring is the work of parenting. When a woman gives birth to a baby, the breast milk the baby needs is not in the breast of another woman. It's in the breast of the one that gave birth to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the baby can say, no, this is not the breast milk I want. I'm be craving for another person's breast milk. So one of the ways we despise what we have received is you may think, oh, this is not what I need. This is not what I need. I wish there was an anointing service. At least those five days. Ah, pastor should have said we should bring oil one of those days. I thought about it too, but the Holy Spirit said there's no anointing service. That's why one of the things you, well, you should have been you. For those of us that have been in Gateway for a while now, you know that we don't do anything as routine or tradition. I think last year we had an anointing service. So I already thought, ah, this year too, maybe Saturday we have a... I was even thinking, ah, we even say, you know, that mom should do anointing service. But the Spirit said, no anointing service. Just do what I tell you to do. So one of the ways we despise is sometimes you just say, ah, oh, ah, pastor did not. Uh, what you need is what you have been given. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The second way we despise or lose what we have been given is that we think what we need is somewhere else. You may think what you need is somewhere else. For instance, a house where there is no TV or there's black and white TV. A child may believe, I ah, know, a smart TV I want to watch. I'm disciplined parents. What do they do? They beat the child. I remember growing up, my mom would tell us, he said, it is what a parent has that the child must be content with. Praise the Lord. The third way you can despise what you have received is going to look for more when you have done nothing with what you have received. Going to look for more. Going to look for new revelation, new ideas, you know, without doing anything with what you have received. So how do you keep what you have received in the five days of the Breakthrough Festival? How do you keep it? Number one, talk about it. Talk about it. There's a reason why when we have a major meeting, right, we always have like a town hall meeting, you know, a conversation like this, people talking about their own experience. It's deliberate. It's not that I don't have what next to I believe you know that I didn't even finish my message during Breakthrough Festival. So it's not like I can't continue, but it's deliberate. Please, can I have on the screen what I sent to you, media? There's something I want them to project so that you'll see. I'm not sure if it's going to be big enough. All right, so there is a man by the name of Edgar Dale. Edgar Dale is an American educator, and in 19, I think, 75, right, he did a research, and one of the, he did this research for so many years. And one of the things that's been discovered in psychology, right, is that whatever you read, you only remember 10% of it. Whatever you hear, right, you only remember 20% of it. So everything you had in the five days of Breakthrough Festival, let me tell you this, by this, by this Sunday, you only remember 20%. I said 30% of what you see, but 50% of what you see and hear. And under that, you have watching a movie, looking at an exhibit, watching a demonstration, seeing it done on location. So you remember 50% more, right, of what you see and what you hear. Now, 70%, look at how it increases, 70% of what you say. 
So sometimes when you are called out, okay, we want sister so-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so to talk about your experience. Let me tell you this is for your benefit. You are going to put yourself in a state whereby you remember the thing. It's easier for you to remember what to talk about. That's why one of the things you need to do, if you are going to keep what you have received in the five days of Breakthrough Festival, create clusters. Right, one of the things I expect, you know, every service unit to do in church is that in every service unit, it should be a discourse. Everybody should get to that point, you know, should be allowed to talk about what they learned in the five days. So remember 70% of what you say, right, that's why it talks about participation in the discussion, giving a talk, then 90% of what you do. So after you begin to talk about it, you must not get to the point where you make up your mind, right, that these are my action points. These are the things I'm going to do as a result of Breakthrough Festival. Let me tell you this. I always have a scripture for everything I teach you, right? So I'm not just teaching you psychology. In Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 15, let's have it. Or let's go to Malachi 3 and verse 16 first. Sorry, let's go to Malachi 3, 16 first. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. Malachi 3 and verse 16. Malachi 3 and verse 16. Can we look at it? One, let's read together. One to go. Then they that feared the Lord did what? They spake often to one another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them and feared the Lord. And they thought upon his name. But the emphasis there is that those that feared the Lord, they spoke one to another. They had conversations. What were they talking about? Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24 verse 13 to 15. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 15. The Bible tells us that Jesus had just been crucified in this passage of scripture. And it says that behold, two of his disciples went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of the things which had what? Happened. And it came to pass that while they commute together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So what happens as you begin to talk about the things you have learned in the five days is that Jesus will come to you. Who is Jesus? The word. You will have a deeper understanding even more than what the pastor has talked about. Or what the pastor spoke about. But you see, if you just leave it there, no conversation anymore. Those are the things you should do with your friends. With people in church right now. That's what you should be doing. Talking about, oh, what did you learn from day one? This was what I learned. Let that be your gist. That's one of the ways to keep what you have received. And let me tell you, this is the first way. Why is it that Jesus didn't appear to any of the other disciples? Why is it that it was the guys on the way to Emmaus? Because they were having a conversation. And the, if you read that passage further down, the Bible says that Jesus eventually spoke to them about what they were talking about. And when Jesus disappeared, they said, ah, ah, no wonder our hearts burned within us. He picked up the conversation, what, you know, he picked up the conversation, you know, what, as regards what they were talking about. They were not talking about something that was totally off. They were talking about the things that had happened. What had happened? The death of Jesus Christ. And they were telling him, are you a stranger? Don't you know what happened in the past couple of days? Our Savior was crucified, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus gave them better understanding. He said, has he not told you that he was going to rise on the third day? And when he disappeared, he said, wow, no longer our hearts burned within us. So the first step to keeping what you have received is talk about it. Somebody say talk about it. Number two is to remember it. Remember it. It is your responsibility to remember what you have heard and what you have learned. Remember it. That's why Isaiah 46 and verse 9, the Bible says, remember the things of old. It says, for I am God and there is none else. It says, I am God and there is none like me. Remember. Listen and watch the festival again, the Breakthrough Festival. Go to YouTube. It's on our pod, every podcast platform also. If you're using an iPhone, it's on Apple Podcasts. If you use an Android phone, it's on Google Podcasts, right? Whatever device you use is on Spotify. Just search for the Gateway Podcast. It's there. 
And from day one, God has given us an instruction in this ministry. There are messages that have never been sold. That's the instruction that God gave me specifically. You see, go to YouTube, get it, listen to it, watch it again and again. Don't say I was there. You will be amazed and shocked at the things you did not hear, even though you were there. You'll be amazed. So remember, it relieved the experience. Romans 10 and verse 17, the Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God is a continuous um, process. Number three, confess it. Confess it. Confess it. What does that mean? Confess it. Talk about it to yourself. You know, the first talk about it is you talk about it with people. The next one is talk about it to yourself. Turn what you have received into a confession. Because Jesus said you always have what you say, not you always have what you hear. When you hear certain things, especially the prophetic words, you now personalize it. It's no longer, oh, pastor said, you know, in this year, congratulations will be repetitive. It will now be, Father, I thank you because this year, congratulations will be repetitive in my life. You now personalize it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? By confessing it as consistent as you can, as often as you can, you must ensure that your confessions align with what you have received. Don't speak in variance with what you have received. I hear what I'm saying. It is very easy to speak in alignment with the things we have heard in the last couple of days, right? In the after a couple of days after the breakthrough festival, it is possible. It is very easy to speak in alignment with the things you heard. But a month from now, what are you going to be saying? Two months from now, what are you going to be saying? And let me tell you this: you can make the experience to last as often as you want it to last. Am I making sense? It's very possible. It's very possible to confess in Numbers 14 and verse 28. Jesus said, God said to the children of Israel, he said, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, he says, so will I do unto you. So will I do unto you. Mark 11 and verse 23, Jesus said, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, he says, but believe, right, that those things which are said will come to pass. He says, he shall have whatsoever he says. So confess it, number four, correct it. Correct it. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 to 17. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. I'm trying to rush, right? I'm rounding up in the next two, three minutes. It says for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. You see, so, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Any pastor whose message only inspires and encourages you is not called of God. I can tell you that one categorically. I, go to verse 16, please. That's the work of a motivational speaker. I hear what I'm saying. A man that is truly called, or, or maybe he left the call and is doing something else. Maybe he's genuinely called, but he has left the call and he decides to be doing motivation. Now, can you be motivated by God's word? Yes, God's word is not supposed to demotivate you. But if every time you come to church, every day you just get inspired and motivated, and you are never corrected, you are never rebuked, you are never instructed, you are not hearing God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the Bible says all scripture is given for inspiration, so you should be inspired. Profitable for doctrine, that is teaching. You should learn new things. Learn about the kingdom, learn about your inheritance. It now says for reproof. What is reproof? Rebuke. It means when you are wrong, God's word, the pastor should be able to tell you, you are wrong. He says for correction. So in the last couple of days, some words may have come to you as inspiration, but most importantly, you see, one of the things that changes people's life is the correction they make as a result of what they have heard. 
You have not truly learned if you didn't change something in your life. So what corrections did you receive about your family, your marriage, your finances, your health? Right? Some of us have spoken about fear. So what are the things we're going to do about it? Some of us have spoken about low self-esteem and we've spoken about how to deal with it. So it simply means you now begin to, you have to start doing things that are different from what you have been doing before. Number five, believe it. If you're going to keep what you have received, you must believe it. Believe the words you have received and believe that it has the capacity to change your life. Also believe the one God has used to send that word to you. I hear what I'm saying. You must believe it. The word you don't believe will never happen in your life. In fact, the word spoken by someone you don't believe in will never materialize. Am I making sense tonight? Very important. Matthew 21 verse 31 to 32. I need us to see that scripture. Matthew 21, 31 to 32. Matthew 21, 31 to 32. Matthew 21, 31 to 32. The Bible says, whether of them Swain <laughs> did the will of his father. Is that scripture I wanted to see? No, no, no just um, skip that one. That's not scripture I want. I can't go into that. Time's already gone. Um, go to John chapter 6. Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, 28 to 29. John 6, 28 to 29. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we may walk the works of God? Some people came to Jesus and asked him this question. We want to work for God. We want to serve God. What do you think Jesus should have told them? Ah, huh? go and fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And after you have done that, because that was what I did, you will not be able to do supernatural things. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. It's as simple as that. Just believe. Who has he sent to you? Believe him. But you say you want to do the work of <laughs> you see, you know the reason why certain things work effortlessly, right? For me, is because I am submitted to the people God has placed over me. I hear what I, and you see, it's a continuum. That's what I've told her. Be careful of submitting to a man that is submitted to no one. Because nobody drops from heaven. Even giants were born as a baby. Or someone just said, No, <laughs> I have no beginning, I have no end, no father, no mother. You are Melchizedek. So believe, Jesus said, oh, you want to do the works of God? You want to do great things in the new year? You want to do massive things? Believe the one that God has sent to you. It's not for his benefit, it's for your own benefit. It's for your own benefit. Because you know what? There are pastors who their members believe in them, but they don't believe in the people God has placed over them. So things are working in the life of those people, things are not working in the life of those pastors because they don't believe the ones that God has sent to them. Do you understand what I just said? So believe it. Believe the word. Believe that you have the capacity to change your life. Don't be too sophisticated, too edu educated. Don't be too smart for the word of God. Saying, oh, those things does not really work like that. You know, we live in an IT age. You know, it's the days of ChatGPT. You know, days of AI. <laughs> Number six, obey it. Don't just believe the word. Obey it. The word you obey is the word that you truly believe. Because there can be no manifestation without obedience. That's the, in the doing part. I remember from that chart I showed us the it's, called the, it's called the pyramid of learning or the cone of learning, right? You remember 90% of what you do. Because that's where the real work is. It's in the doing. Taking a step as a result of what you have heard. Taking a step. Matthew 21, 28 to 32, the scripture we opened earlier. You see, the Bible says that a certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said, Son, 
go walk today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and it went. Look at the choice of words. He repented. It simply means that when you don't obey what God has told you, it's actually almost synonymous to living in sin. He says he repented and he eventually did what he told him. Now, he came to the second one and said likewise. And he said, go. And he said, I will not. He now asked himself, which of them did the will of his father? They said unto him, the first. What did the first do? He said he was not going to do it, but eventually he just changed his mind. Maybe somebody has had something in the five days. I said, see, oh, this one, that one is not for me. You were like a supermarket shopper in your approach. No, I'll pick that one. I'll pick this one. That one is not for me. It's not for me. Me, I understand. So I will do sacrifice. But this cutting off some people. No, me, I can't cut them. Ah, don't understand. We grew up together. What the... Ask Abraham. That was what Abraham did. He didn't have a problem with sacrificing Isaac. He didn't have a problem with talking to God, with prayer. You know the one he had a problem with? Lot. Say, ah, God, why will you tell me? To, ah, ah. He's, he's my nephew. His father has died now. I will not leave him like that. Ah, God, God, you don't understand. Do. And God kept quiet until Lot left. So don't be a shopper. Don't approach Christian things, the things of the spirit, like a supermarket. When you are selective, like, oh, no, 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 we don't take Milo. We take Bum Vita. Who does that anyway? <laughs> and last but not the least, fight for it. Fight for it. Fight for it. You must fight to keep what you have received. Because the enemy will contend, right, for all that you have received. How will he contend for it? He will contend with, for it through doubt, through unbelief, through contradictions. And true delay. Let me tell you this. Some of us, the things that you have had, you know, ah, this is my word. Pastor was speaking to me. You know what the devil will do? He will now bring contradictory situation. You know, say, ah, but this is not what Pastor said. This is not what God said. Contradictory situation. Maybe the word you received was, ah, financial breakthrough. That's when you now see the accounts will now be going down. Say, ah, but this is not what I had. Ah, that is the time to fight. You don't play dead. Especially when you see things going against or they are not in alignment with the word you have received. You fight for those things. How do you fight for it? In the place of prayers. In the place of prayers. Matthew 7 and verse 7. It says, ask and you shall receive. If you don't ask, you're not going to receive. In the 8th verse, it says, for everyone that asks will receive. In Mark chapter 4 verse 14 to 15, let's go there. That's going to be my second to last scripture. Mark 4 verse 14 to 15. Mark chapter 4 verse 14 to 15. Can we read this together? One to go. The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away what? The word that was sown in their hearts. Do you see that? Satan will come immediately. Why did he come? Because of the word. It's because of that word you have received. So it simply means that. Many times, the devil understands the value of what we have received more than us. The reason it came is because of the word we have received. So sometimes, contention will arise. The Bible says, for the word's sake. And that's the time you go into the place of prayer. That was what Daniel did. That was what Elijah did. When God told Daniel, right, or when Daniel came to the realization that children of Israel were about to, they were supposed to have left the land of bondage, they were still there. And the Bible says he began to pray. And the prince of Pasha will stood his prayer for 21 days. But he didn't stop praying. He stayed there. He didn't say that it is an act of faith to pray for something once and not pray about it again. He stayed there until he got the answer. 
until he got the answer. Same thing with Elijah. God said rain was coming. You want to know what Elijah did? He stayed in that place until the rain manifested. He fought for what God had told him. He fought for it. He fought for it. What were the things that God has told you? What did he inspire in your heart in those five days? You must learn to fight for it. You must learn to fight for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's the way to keep what you have received from God. That's the way to keep it. So let's go through it together once again. Number one is what? Talk about it. Talk about it. So right now you need to think about the people you are going to have these conversations with. Number two is what? Remember it. It's your responsibility to remember what God has told you. He won't remember it on your behalf. Number three is what? Confess it. You make it your confessions. You talk about, you speak about it to yourself. That's what confession is. Nobody needs to hear it at first. You see, confession has three stages. Number one, you say it to yourself so that you can be convinced because there are things that when you start saying it publicly, when somebody says, uh, be deceiving yourself, you will be depressed immediately. You will lose faith in it. You talk about it to yourself first to the point where you are convinced in it so that when anybody says, uh, what are you talking about? It does not even bother you because your heart is already established in it. Number four is what? Correct it. So what corrections do you need to make? Number five is what? Believe it. You've got to believe it. Believe what he has said. Believe in his capacity to change your life. Number three, believe in the one that God has sent to you. Number five is what? Obey it. Obey it. Obey it. it. Don't just celebrate the word. Obey it. Do something with what you have been told to do. Number six is what? That's number six. That's number seven. Obey. So what's number five? Believe it. Okay, so I mentioned the number twice or what? How many did I tell us? Seven, right? But you got it, right? Let's rise up on our feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you.